0: You would not be able to imagine, not even roughly, what happens to you on a daily basis, on a personal basis, and, and that is just something that really sort of, I wouldn't say changes you, but influences you as a person and puts you to a test uh, on a broad scale. I mean, friends become acquaintances, acquaintances become friends, mm-hmm. and a lot of people who you Think we're your friends and who you trusted, they throw you to the walls.
1: This is season one of Memberful Design, a show about firestarters, sparking initiatives that have a lasting impact. It was formerly known as Verwondering, an award-winning Dutch design podcast. Discover what it takes to let your plan succeed and create meaningful connections. The power of the collective requires the commitment of the individual. In every episode, Harold Dunning, founder of Design Studio Mumkai and co-founder of journalism platform The Correspondent, talks to other designers, creative directors, artists and entrepreneurs about the impact of their work. We want to hear from you too. You can visit memberful.design to share your thoughts and check out the show's gallery. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to Memberful Design on your favorite podcast platform. And sign up for our newsletter at memberful.design.
2: To me, a book is the perfect gift. It contains a whole world in just a few pages. It allows you to travel without moving a single foot. It lets you see into the distance while putting in context what you're looking at. And it invites you to meet wonderful characters letting you inside their communities. I've been collecting books ever since high school. My home and my office are filled with rows and rows of novels and design books. For me, one creative publisher stands out, Gestalten. 22 years ago, I bought my very first book from them, Narita inspected, a view on Japanese graphic design introduced me to the scene and inspired me with unexpected work. Above all, it allowed me to identify with a community far from home. Walk into any great bookstore from London to LA and Paris to Tokyo and you will find Gestalten there front and center. They've been global tastemakers since 1995. Today, we're in Berlin, visiting the Gestalten headquarters to talk to founder and CEO Robert Klanten. What sets Robert and his crew apart is that they themselves dream up themes and books. In-house, they spot what drives a community, finding the experts within these collectives and spotlighting the aesthetics that let it stand out. From early days and famous designers like Charles and Ray Eames and Eric Spiekermann, Gestalten now puts its lens on intimate cultures, inspiring people and incredible art everywhere. They document movements in visual culture, architecture, fashion, travel, or simply a spoonful of sun, highlighting Mediterranean cooking. For close to three decades, this publishing house has been at the top of its game. Over 40 team members create over 40 titles per year for, on average, 40 euros per book. I myself have collected over 40 of their books over the years. Learn how you, too, can write your own story and have this kind of lasting impact. Robert, thanks for having Momka here at your beautiful office in Berlin. Oh, thanks for having me on your show. I can imagine with with so many topics to choose from, your your job is not so much what to make, but what not to make. Exactly. The
0: complicated part is not the doing,
2: it's the not doing. <laughs> yeah. So how, how does the process look like? How do you choose what should in, eventually be a book?
0: I think it may take really long to maybe explain in detail what what the factors are but i think on the one side we have an enormous input uh, coming in through personal contacts coming in through the internet sort of uh, going to expert exhibitions and and all sorts of things so i think there's just a plethora of 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 possible content at our hands mm mm-hmm. At the same time, we will always have to think about what is it that could work as a, as a book, as a publication. So, at the end of the day, it's not about what I personally like or don't like. It's about what we think Gestalten can publish and sell to an audience. Mm-hmm. So, that is really a process that really evolves over time. And there's a lot of craftsmanship involved in that. But I think, in a nutshell, we have a kind of a 360 radar on, covering the topics, the categories that we're publishing in, and following a couple of larger trends or super trends Mm -hmm. and and, and see them evolve and vanish over time.
2: So how how do you, with a book, identify potential? So what makes you think, like, okay, from all the topics I can choose from this, I can make this into a best-selling book? I think, in general, it's about... It's about a certain
0: relevance, and it always has to do with the kind of situation that people are in. I think that creativity is, in some respect, a kind of an expression, but certainly also something of an input to society. And so, therefore, I think most of the time, creativity and the work that people are create are a kind of a reaction or a kind of proposal on how to move on. And if some of these ideas seem to be relevant and seem to be interesting and very contemporary, I think it is always good to look a little bit further and see what else is there. And that really sort of is the starting point of a kind of a research and uh, hopefully sometimes at the end of the day we, we have something interesting that, that hasn't, hadn't been around before and, and, and bring it together.
2: Yeah. Because the, the book I mentioned in the intro, like Japanese graphic design book, you can't even find it in the shop of Gestalt anymore, I saw. Yeah, that was really long time ago. But with this, all these different designers in Japan, like how would you go there or would you have contacts there? Like how would you find such a community far from your home in, in Berlin? Mm.
0: I think the, 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 the kind of bridge, the kind of catalyst was Lopez from Bureau Destruct and Swiss graphic designers, a friend of ours. And
2: so we've we also we've, published books with yeah, you. Like we, uh, um, there's multiple Bureau, Bureau Destruct books, I think.
0: Yes. And the and the, the, the first book, and uh, we, we met a couple of times, we discussed ideas, and we went to go and whatever and hang out together and then it was pretty clear that lopez was highly influenced by japanese graphic design especially these kind of japanese consumer graphics oh, yeah. and that was something that very much influenced his sense of uh, typography and also packaging and uh, he found a special relationship uh, between Swiss graphic design and Japanese graphic design, and something that you also find between, let's say, Finnish craftsmanship and Japanese craftsmanship, for example. Mm -hmm. So there are a couple of, you know, sort of uh, mind fellows and a couple of people who think that, you know, they are extremely influenced by something, and therefore, uh, Lawrence uh, Lopez happened to uh, also... Learn Japanese just based on uh, Final Fantasy.
2: So he had Oh, the, f- the game.
0: Yeah, the game. He had a, a Japanese version of Final Fantasy and he taught himself a Japanese by playing the game.
2: Oh, that's awesome. Final Fantasy 7, that was always my favorite game on the PlayStation. But that's how he learned.
0: That's how he learned. I mean, that's how crazy he is. And so, um, no, I love him dearly. But it was really that, that, you know, certainly the spark was there and with it came a certain interest and some curiosity for let's say japanese uh, other the culture that goes with it uh, Mm -hmm. the kawaii culture uh, the character design manga and all that and so we explored that to some extent and then uh, he came up with the idea of doing a book on on all that after a trip he'd made and so be it so that is a classic story of you know how a book comes to be
2: yeah because how do you balance the needs and desires of a group, because you have books on servers or hikers, with the artistic vision of the authors in the editing and the publishing process?
0: Most of the content, most of the concept, are developed in-house. And most of the time, we do have a pretty clear vision of how we would want the publication to be and what we think the visual content should be how much text should be involved and so this, all these various different details that at the end of the day contribute to the overall impression and most of the time if we already have this idea we create a kind of an, a plan or we have a kind of an idea and then we you just talk to external partners, we talk to possible editors, they may be whatever having expertise, they're having content, they're having whatever writing text or something and say, well, look, that's something we want to do and would you want to be part of that? And don't be afraid, you've never done a book before, but you know, <laughs> it's um, it's not that complicated and we, we we do the things we're good at
2: and uh, hopefully you do the things you're good at. But did it ever uh, backlash, like some someone felt misrepresented? certainly
0: i think uh, we had a we had a very famous backlash uh, were two two guys doing a book on tags and graffiti and uh, writing and all that and calligraphy and they had a big fallout in the making of the book at the end of the day we had two books and uh, we had no oh, they day. had a
2: fallout together like, yeah the, they had you know, a fallout amongst amongst together
0: and then uh, you know it was like it was uh, the weirdest thing that we had two books then there, and they <laughs> we wanted to do what does uh, everyone wanted to print their book and so that was a big of a bit of a backlash but in general how did you
2: approach no. it and did you print two books or did you print none no we we, we
0: we we had it we had it pretty clear that you know uh we only had to print one book and you know that is uh, how it worked and there wasn't much of a fallout
2: afterwards but this is amongst the creators but did you also get like from from people that you presented in a book
0: uh, eh, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say not, uh, at the end of the day, not really. I think most of the people at some point are very happy with how the book came out and sort of really appreciate the work and the collaboration, and so do we. And there's a lot of people who still, you know, I think it's fair to say that they are very grateful for the opportunity mm-hmm. and, and see how much it helped their careers and and, yeah. and, and so on. I think there is some very interesting there's one very interesting phenomenon that we see sometimes in the beginning when when somebody ventures in on this journey they don't really know what it does to them and Mm -hmm. making a book does something with you and to you and that is something that not a lot of people are very prepared for but so beginning it's uh, we always Tried, we always call the phenomenon "dark side of the moon" because it's mm. like you're being you're being shot to the moon in a rocket, and then you you have that goal, and you're flying towards yeah. it, and you have all these hopes and aspirations, and then you're coming closer, and then <laughs> at some point you have to go behind the moon and then it's dark and it's friggin' cold and you don't see home and you don't have any kind of radio signals and that is exactly the kind of state that a lot of people are in when they have completed the work they have submitted the work we have you know files are being sent to the printer they haven't seen the book yet they become aware my dad is going to see it my <laughs> spouse is going to see it my school teacher is going to Talk to me about it and all that kind of stuff and then they freak out and think that they've done anything wrong and want to stop the press and whatever. <laughs>
2: because it's so uh yeah, final, I can imagine. Like it's different than something on a website. You yeah, they totally they're yeah. not
0: prepared, they're not at all prepared for the the actual uh launch. So it's a little bit like stage stage fright, you know? Oh. They they they're just think, Oh shit, this is going to come. I don't know how, what 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 is going to to be like people will love it people would hate it whatever and 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 maybe i did not enough of this or maybe i did too much of that and was that wrong so there's a lot of doubts is there are usually yeah. with
2: creative it is creative work yeah yeah
0: but i tell you once launches open over the first sort of positive uh, feedback comes in you people are usually over the moon uh, literally speaking
2: yeah yeah. But yeah they're over the moon then <laughs> literally but then you are like almost also sort of mentor in that process like oh, guiding yeah. them yeah, yeah 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 yeah. we are my first
0: job is in, in psychology and uh, my publishing is just a, a kind
2: of an aftermath <laughs> <laughs> yeah because i can imagine also to the outside world something in print or in a book not literally that it is a book but it's so much i can imagine that people perceive it as a sort of authority then making from everything that's out there and we're bombarded with images on instagram but all of a sudden here is a few images selected to be printed it gives a certain authority then
0: absolutely and i think this is something that is more true than than it has been before i think with everything that surrounds us there's a different appreciation for things that are actually tactile and things Mm -hmm. that cannot be just simply copied and pasted and people are to some extent aware of how much work and and how much diligence had to go into this process and and that's why they cost money because Mm -hmm. actually it's a lot of work and it's not just the paper it's really all the various different checks and balances and everything that has to be done editorially to really make it work. And this process ensures a, a very condensed experience. And this is something which people, to some extent, appreciate. I, mm-hmm. I do think that, you know, social media does have its moments and all that. That's mm-hmm. totally clear. But I think not all kind of people people are very much aware that there is a special importance about the printed media about a book a publication it has some relevance and there's a very different approach to that and that does not only apply or this appreciation doesn't only apply to whatever elderly people it seems that especially Mm -hmm. younger people are very much aware of how much this is different from social media
2: yeah yeah because i I can imagine like when i first was buying books from gestalt or from Taschen, or from any other Then it was also to get an abundance of images or abundance of designs to get inspired by, which then later became like Behance and Pinterest and that kind of reasoning went. But I also noticed like just having something in print, I love hiking, for instance, so to read something like Wanderlust and and dive into something like that. I take a moment to not be on a screen. <laughs> and also, I think the relation between the sort of curation and the storytelling next to the images also becomes much more important, which mm-hmm. I kind of don't see uh, that way uh, on, on something like Pinterest. So it does change over time, but it's, yeah, in, in the past. But of course, longer ago, we would spend many, many uh, years on like CDs or anything, which you don't do anymore with Spotify.
0: It's totally right that, that there's a lot of information readily available with Spotify and all that. But taking the example of music, you see that on the one side, people are able to get their hands on everything, on anything mm-hmm. that has ever been recorded within a couple of seconds. So on the one side, you know, you know, it, it, it should make people extremely happy about their situation. At the same time, you feel that or you see that, there's something missing that used to be there when whatever, maybe in, in in previous decades, people were going to the record store and looking for stuff and, mm-hmm. and buying a cover and looking at the cover and learning the lyrics and taking them home and playing them to their friends who didn't know the music. And nowadays you see that, you know, the, the, the price of concert tickets has gone rocket, skyrocket. It's four, five, six times the amount of money you had mm-hmm. to pay a couple of years ago. And why is that so? I mean, people buy vinyl and go to concerts and so on and so forth while the music is is available. Mm-hmm. I think what they're lacking is a sense of participation. What mm-hmm. they're lacking is some reward, some, some sense of uh, participation that they had when they had something tactile in their hands. When they were able not just to have something tactile, but also create it to some kind of an experience you wouldn't just get something free you would have to cycle to the next record store and and talk to the guy and (laughs) listen to and get Mm -hmm. recommendations and and all that so it really was work and then you could take something home and eventually you fell in love with it and you know that that is really how affection was created
2: it was created through
0: whatever experience and friction
2: and you and you would take the time to listen to a full album. I know there's like songs like now you just do the songs. And I love Spotify. Uh, also, how smart the algorithm is. It's like the shopkeeper, but then on steroids. But still, like you from an artist, certain songs you have to grow into. But you you would take the time because you bought like those twelve songs
0: exactly. And we all, I think, uh, we're not, we're not analog Taliban or anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all, we all embrace and love uh, the opportunities and, and the convenience. At the same time, you know, there is something missing here and there, and that's 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 relevance. And I think with uh, digital material, with generally with 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 uh, sort of um, things going digital, the more th- something can be copied and pasted. The more there is a kind of a new sense of experience or curiosity mm-hmm. for those things that cannot be copied and pasted, whether that is just spatial experiences, exhibitions, when it's fragrances, something that that just you cannot simply put through a wire like mm-hmm. that or as of yet, so that is just something that that really has grown in relevance and importance, and that is something where not just people, but also brands and and, and, and communities uh, are very much looking for different ways to create relevance around these
2: experiences. There's actually a really great uh, uh, exposition in the Hamburg and Bahnhof, the museum here in Berlin. I just went there uh, the other day, all about uh, music and the the experience of music. And they have a lot of album covers that are in in the space and they have different ways of experiencing sound, which... Also brought back a little bit of that, like, special experience that uh, we have between a tactile object and their music, which was kind of gone. I think it's still on for a few months, so we will put this and anything that you mentioned also into the gallery on uh, memorable.design so we can find every every kind of book. One of uh, one of the first books or the first book that you actually printed was Localizer, unlike the techno scene in Berlin. And I noticed, like in the bottom left corner, in very small type, it said "No deals, no sponsors." <laughs> Why was this so important to you as a group back then? Because you were multiple co-founders back then, right? It was extremely
0: uh, important because that book was created pretty much on on a kind of brink of time and uh, before you would have this very very much community driven scene techno house you'd have uh, uh, labels uh, a lot of work of love a lot of uh, djs and uh, not making much money there and all that and you know afterwards a lot of money came in and it was about to happen There was cigarette companies that that mm. would want to have a stake in the community a lot of advertising have seen this to be interesting and so therefore a lot of people lost their virginity around that time and mm. and thought well that's an interesting money train over there <laughs> why don't i jump it mm. you know and so we want to make it clear that we felt 100 true to the community and obliged to just not have anything, you know, in the book that wasn't 100% editorially driven, but driven by some thought of advertising. That was important to us and that obviously also resonated with the community.
2: Because it's also, it was actually first made for like the techno scene community, right? But it actually became much more appreciated by another community, designers, world around. Yeah, I think it, it was, I think...
0: Some that was a little bit of the kind of vantage point for for the whole company and and, and how we see ourselves until now. I think uh, it came from a creative community. We we got to know a lot of people who were in the business who were doing graphic designs. For example, designers Republic, Public Warp mm-hmm. Records, uh, designers or RNS or uh, any kind of other great creators um who we met and who we talked to and who were happy and we were very happy for them to to provide and entrust their work with us
2: and because that book was crowdsourced it think, was right? it was
0: more like we we did a kind of a public call another public call but we said okay you're doing great work and and what do you want to be in the book and yeah and and we would like to have two pages on you, and you tell us what you want to do, and then we see what we're going to do about it and it, Most of the guys really were highly professional and engaged and, and 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 enthusiastic about it and so they they sent us the work and then we added some 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 more general thoughts on on the whole subject and then it was more a kind of a couple, compilation representation of a community and Uh, A creative community, and certainly, I mean, based on this experience, we we, we certainly thought that, yeah, now, while all the people, you know, who would go to to the clubs and and, and, and follow that kind of music would now go and and buy the book like crazy and... (laughs) much to a surprise certainly they were much more interested in buying records and (laughs) and t-shirts and chemicals and (laughs) name it so yeah we 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 found that was interesting but I remember a day that, you know, I was sitting at this desk and it was raining through the ceiling and somewhere in in Berlin-Mitte and there was this guy standing in front of me saying, you know, I want to buy two books. I'm paying cash. I say, okay, well, that's this amount of money and where you bring them to? And they said, well, Nike, Portland. I said, oh, really? And so we got to understand that, you know, obviously did this did have some some effect on um advertising, yeah. on agencies, on other creative communities who wanted to learn about it. And that really became a little bit of their starting point of the publishing house. At that time I didn't really I didn't really think that we just were to do this for a longer period of time mm-hmm. and but over time, we thought, okay, maybe there's something in it which which might stand the test of time.
2: Here we are, 28 years later. Yeah. You later did do work with brands, like sort of bespoke publishing. Like I think you you work with Monocle, you work with High Byty. How, how does that work? Like, I wouldn't call it bespoke publishing. It's not
0: corporate publishing. We work with brands, but we really work very much editorially. I want to give you an example, and maybe it's... Just represents the, how sometimes we 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 get to start these things, and uh, we worked with Dalton Mark on a book about a font and a couple, a series of fonts that they created, mm-hmm. and they were used for Nokia. And so, but it was just really very interesting graphic design work and how they built the fonts and what they thought about it. So it was. Plain typography book, and we got to know Marco atisari and uh, former design chief of Nokia. And after the publication, you know, at some point, he called us up, literally saying, "Robert, you have to help us. you know, We we now have to talk to all, all these Americans, and they're about to buy the company here, and they don't know where Finland is. <laughs> uh, what can we do?" <laughs> and we say, "Well, we could do a book about Finland and." Thing about what's precious about finland and and what's interesting about finland and so we did a book about finland but that
2: that was funded by nokia or
0: yeah that was at that point he said okay what what could we do and how could we do it and mm-hmm. and whatever but still i mean we we're pretty much i would say we're not really sort of getting a kind of carte blanche to do whatever we want to do
2: but that wouldn't be like so with the monocle book it says clearly monocle on yeah, in front yeah. of it but yeah. with this book would it say nokia or just it had a small some, type?
0: it had did have nokia reference in okay. it, but i think when you just read it and go through it it's not really telling you nokia it's it's more about and i'll tell you what what we found out i mean we found out that the fins are really good with everything on everything that requires a helmet, you know, whether it's uh, (laughs) ski jumping, rally driving, peacekeeping. Formula One. Exactly. Everything you need a helmet for, you find the fins. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And there's another thing that we found out, (laughs) that is that fins are... Extremely good at mathematics mm-hmm. and have a very good school system, and that you know was also very interesting for the company that was about to buy Nokia, yeah. Microsoft. You know, and they are very much rooted in coding and
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know mathematical skills and engineering, and so it was interesting to just sort of lay out and find out that this is something that seems to. Be very, very much accepted in the Finnish society, and last but not least, these guys uh, have a very strong sense of community. Mm-hmm combined with this very strange and very wicked sense of freedom and quirky things. You know, the the air guitar was uh, invented there. They have a biggest tango community uh, outside Argentina. You know, uh, you know of course, Mackie movies and how weird they are. And there is very, very beautiful sense of freedom and creative expression across the board. And, and that is just combined... With the fact that on a Saturday they just all pick up the broom and brush the street together. It's just like unbelievable. And so that's the kind of stuff that we found out. And that's what we put in the book. So what's the book called? Out of the Blue. Is it still there?
2: In Finland? No, if it's still like you can no, I no, still no, buy I
0: think, it. No, no, I think it's out of print.
2: Okay. Yeah. Did you ever have like books that were out of print that you put back in print? Like how, how does it work?
0: Yeah, well, it's... Well... <laughs> sometimes you think okay we 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 did two three four editions and then you know you leave you leave the, the the book to be out of print and certainly sometimes people come and say well i found did my book on ebay and retails for 800 pounds and i think you want to bring it back to print and i th- think okay destroy
2: it just leave it be i mean eight hundred that's how many copies is one one print on average
0: yeah well it depends i mean it's just usually we 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 start with a couple of thousand let's say eight thousand copies or ten thousand copies or sometimes you know i think eight thousand is the minimum that we print these days but and if you want to do a reprint it has to be at least something like four thousand copies or so and usually i mean You're being carried away when you have a couple of reorders and requests Mm -hmm. and then you just simply say okay well let's do another edition and maybe it doesn't sell out and you feel like oh shit i shouldn't
2: have done it when did it hurt
0: well it happens i don't know what can't give you details i don't know i mean it's too many books but it certainly happens that sometimes you think okay i'm not sure i want to do it but it's also the contrary that sometimes we, we say, okay, well, we, we do another edition and then it sells out. And then after a year or two, we do another edition and miraculously uh, that sells out too. Yeah,
2: so. I can imagine where it didn't went so well was the, that you had to apply for insolvency in, in 2016, which means like you couldn't pay off the debts and even run the risk of a personal liability that could have put you in jail due to, to just one unsuccessful brand store here in Berlin. What happened there?
0: what happened there i think um just maybe put it into context about 2008 we had the lehman brothers crisis mm-hmm. and around that time we had 83 percent of our books sold in export not in germany anywhere and we had no idea whether that would just go on forever or just whatever gonna happen but Lehman Brothers was really very tough and so it was just a huge crisis for us so we thought
2: okay what can we do? Well, what's the drop then like percentage wise?
0: Well I think at the beginning it was like you know drop wise we might whatever look at 20-30% of
2: turnover. That you lost.
0: That we lost yeah. and and certainly also a lot of you know whatever unpaid bills and all that so it was not not funny at all but it
2: because roughly, I think one third of your you uh, sell here in Germany, and, and nowadays, 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 yeah. nowadays.
0: Back in the days, it was like maybe below, below twenty percent, seventeen percent, or something like that. So it was not something that we really care too much about. We still treat you know German editions as almost as foreign language editions. So first language is always
2: English, and from the start, I think right, from like all the start, older books are English. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly
0: and so we thought okay what do we want to do and then we did open we we ac- we acquired a uh, a gallery space in berlin mitte the former cfa uh, gallery is this? 2014
2: 2011. that's like the first store like a brand store only to exactly. sell the books it was it
0: was it was more it was not really a place for us to sell a lot of copies mm-hmm. it was more to stel- tell the story around that so we did a lot of exhibitions mm. so if we had a book on let's say bicycle we did a bicyclist exhibition mm. typography typography exhibition andrea vitura uh japanese um, typography and and all, custom motorcycles
2: you name it Really fun to do, I think, right? Creatively to to set up those expositions and and also really expensive, I guess.
0: It was it was a lot of work yeah. and it was it was fun, but it was also pretty exhausting. But you know what happened? That people came to c- came to find the space somewhere mm-hmm. in, a, in a in a hinterhof, and they came to find the space, and they were coming from Stuttgart, but they're mm-hmm. also coming from Los Angeles mm-hmm. or from Japan or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we had a lot of people actors and celebrities and all these guys and say well what is this what is that yeah. and then they found out we're doing books and brought the <laughs> books home and then they told a friend about it and uh, the friends would say well i have this here but i was not aware and so people got to understand a little bit who we were and how we were and what yeah. we cared about and were sort of getting a better idea of the brand and it was probably one of the best things to happen for us and really sort of helped with our failing turnover so pretty quickly we made whatever i would say almost twice the amount of money in germany and so um we re- it really when helped, you opened the store not not after briefly after one year after mm-hmm. or so we, we 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 found out how quickly it changed uh, people's perception of who we mm-hmm. are and what we did so i think then we wanted to go open another little gallery in istanbul Mm-hmm. At the weekend we were there, we, we saw the tanks or the police and the gas and, and the, the clashes with the, the Gezi Park mm-hmm. and all that. And we said, yeah. ah, maybe not such a great idea. Yeah. And then we got we got asked to open a store at a mall. In, in, uh, Berlin, in Berlin again. Here, yeah. in Berlin again. And it wasn't just us. They had an idea to just bring the best of berlin the best shops the best flower store the best baker the best blah 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 okay. and all in one store and independently run and so on so forth and so we thought yeah what could possibly go wrong because there were other great brands in there mm-hmm. and people like andreas Mokoudis, maikita moritz and, and and so on so forth and we thought okay well that's that's okay probably gonna work mm-hmm. and it did in the beginning but when it didn't then it did not work very quickly and very harshly and when they closed the floor that we were in we didn't really have much footfall and then we had to react and the only way of getting rid of the real estate contract was to apply for chapter 11.
2: And. So that's what we've done. And chapter eleven means insolvency or chapter eleven means insolvency?
0: self-administered insolvency. When you do an insolvency, you usually the the company is being taken away from you, mm-hmm. and then it's run by a whatever and that's administer and somebody who is taking over the position as a general manager and so on and so forth. And you're just a sidecar.
2: And it means that the people that you owe money to that you you buy time right like to get money again
0: exactly the thing is that usually you know the concept is that i think it's coming from from the usa mainly that you know for whatever reason if something goes wrong you have the the opportunity to get some resources back online and and bring the pieces together and then just carry on and then usually you, you have a deal with the people you owe money to and then you you're allowed to proceed with your with the company
2: because you were uh, the sole shareholder at the time. Yeah. Now you aren't. So yeah. How did you, did you have to sell a part of the company, I think, or 50%? Yeah. yeah. This
0: administration for one year is an extremely mm. costless undertaking. So it really, the po- the people who run that or help you run it, or the kind of also mm. the lawsuit that goes on with it, uh, that really Uh, demands a lot of cash and Mm -hmm. also to be able to come up with a deal and buy yourself out of it is also something that involves a lot of cash and in our case certainly we Finally, we were able to compensate all copyright holders to 100% and some uh, the printers on 100% some other guys. And so I think most of the guys got more than they were hoping for, to put it mildly. But I think that really took some time and energy and it was certainly one of the more interesting experiences in my
2: life. Now, how did this affect you personally?
0: I think it is something that you would not, be able to imagine not even roughly what happens to you on a daily basis on a personal basis and and that is just something that really sort of i wouldn't say changes you but influences you as a person and puts you to a test uh, on a broad scale i mean friends become acquaintances acquaintances become friends Mm -hmm. and a lot of people who you think were your friends and who you trusted they throw you to the wolves and uh, the other way around so you get to learn a lot about human nature. And I would say looking back it's been probably one of the most valuable experiences in my life. I wouldn't want to do it again. <laughs> but I think I learned so much from it. I wouldn't I wouldn't miss it. As stupid as it sounds, but it really sort of makes your mind very sharp and makes your decisions much much better and much sharper than they were before. What we got out of it as a company was that obviously our company meant a lot to a lot of people Mm -hmm. and without that you know we wouldn't be sitting here a lot of people came around and said, we want to support this this is us we want this to go on and that was great so your was,
2: community stepped up
0: yeah, yeah yeah certainly and also that helped with any kind of contingency plan you know mm-hmm. any kind of any kind of okay uh how, what kind of books do we publish and we can just simply you know put a stop to it but we just have to continue and do new stuff and then people are saying okay great bring on. I don't care about what you're in right now. I keep selling your books. And and that was just really very great experience. And it was super inspiring and and, uh, very uplifting to see how many people really uh, came around to support the brand, support the company and support uh, the ideas and values that it represents.
2: Yeah, that's that's really beautiful also that you feel that kind of support. Like, indeed, some people will let, yeah, you will see their other side, which can also be uh, very uh, impactful. Yeah, I always think, like, uh, of course, creativity in itself is risk. Like, you try to create something it makes you also very vulnerable. People can talk down on it or you took at least the effort to get something from zero to one. How did you restructure your business then to emerge from that insolvency stronger?
0: Well, I think, to just maybe comment a little bit on what you said before, as an entrepreneur, you take risks. Mm-hmm. You have to just go out, think about something. You have to turn uncertainty into certainty as much as possible. You try to evaluate the opportunities, try to be realistic about the possible success, the possible outcome, and what might go wrong if, if, if things go wrong. Mm-hmm and you do that on a very personal level and uh, there's nothing that 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 would help you with these kind of decisions you are you're an entrepreneur yourself and and so am i and there's not a, not a lot of people around who want to do that not a, uh, oh, let's say not a lot of people who
2: uh, want to do that and sleep well yeah it's a lot of dark side of the moon where you are <laughs> where you spend time not knowing how it will look on the other side exactly
0: and there is no there is usually with most of the people uh there is no plan b there mm-hmm. is just it, this is it mm-hmm. and you have to give it all and i think that is something which which i always always admired about uh, america because there's a much greater sense of entrepreneurship you know just you try something you give it all and you you get get it to work and then eventually it works and that's certainly mm-hmm. why why there's a, sense of, uh, there's a sense of freedom on the yeah. one side, and at the same time, there's also a greater uh, sense and appreciation of reward. Yeah. And so, therefore, I think uh, this is, that maybe this is, this is something that I appreciate you know, in, 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 in other countries, also in the UK and, and in North America. I think there is this sense of, of entrepreneurship and of sort of exploring the unknown, mm-hmm. which I totally love so that is that's that's totally clear uh, at the same time yeah while well, you, you you try to you try to sort of look into what the reality is and you always have to not just be carried away with your enthusiasm but you have to simply look at the figures and make whatever make the the, 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 the checks and balances add up yeah, so yeah. that is what you need to do also as a, as, a, as a kind of a CEO as a kind of a general manager or whatever and to go back to your question i think what we did is we certainly try to focus on the book publishing side of things we try to create list uh, list lists that we thought we knew would work uh, we came out and, and, and shortly after... <clears throat> a
2: list of potential new books. Or...
0: Of new books. We yeah. were always planning and working on new books. So we, we certainly had to work twice or thrice as hard and sort of go through the process and at the same time also create books for when we came out and also why we were in the in the, in
2: the the process. We also published books. Because I can imagine, like you say, from America, with, with, with MomKai, kind from of many American clients, and I always really like that when something is going well for you they just say good for you like they're not like they also can celebrate success but they also can appreciate failure it's not like oh you flew too high you're kind of Icarus and this is your do do but you it's not bad to like also how you talk about the what happened in 2016 with the with the insolvency it's not like yeah there's no it's it's a life lesson it's something you can learn from and you can make your business stronger from. i can imagine what can be hard is that you were always in full control of the business and all of a sudden as a captain you had to give the steering wheel to someone else let them steer the ship how was that that someone else was controlling it i feel
0: relatively relaxed about it uh because at the end of the day i mean what i do there's not a lot of people who can do what i do so I what, whoever was driving the ship was depending on me. So you know, if even if they're at the steering wheel, you know, I'm the pilot. You know, I know, I know the currents, I know the rocks, and I know when it's going to crash. So if they don't want to sink the boat, they have to talk to me
2: but is it also due to like that is a lot sort of gut feeling intuition what could make a good book that they knew like okay i need
0: oh well i, I think it do? wasn't that wasn't any kind of area where that interfere a lot i think um it was it was i mean that's something where they totally trusted what we wanted to do it was more about the kind of legal processes and uh, the kind of cash management and the kind of assigning resources to some things and so on and so forth so that that was more the kind of decision making but it was more a conversation that it was confrontational i say
2: another market where you moved into which you would maybe as a layman would think like wouldn't be so hard, but it's actually surprisingly hard is when you, from all these books, all the things that we talked about now, it's it's mostly really an adult audience to move into children's books, which mm-hmm. is surprisingly hard. It's called Little Gestalt. I, I think it's called uh, Kleine Gestalten here in uh, Germany, meaning, yeah, little people. Gestalten means mm-hmm. people when you write it with a capital G, right? And it means... It's a verb when you have it with a small g and yeah, uh, it's so. like to craft or to design. Could, could you share a little bit how you went about to setting up this new venture within uh, children's books? I was
0: resisting in going into children's books for a long time. And we had colleague and he always said, I want to do the children's books. I want to run the list for you. I want to do this. And We had a couple of guys we've done books with and 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 they become uh, start chris horton or uh, some other guys who really sort of went to want to become superstars and we know them from they were from since they were puppies and illustrators and graphic design
2: so these are illustrators you mentioned now Mm -hmm.
0: And so uh, my colleague always pressed me and say, "Oh, we should be doing children's books and so on and so forth." I said, "Well, it's such, a, oh, it's it's such a complicated business, you know. It's illustrated books, but it's a very different business." What makes it so different? Because first of all, you have to you have different buyers. You know, when we do our books, when we do illustrated books for an adult audience, usually the buyers know us. They know what we do. They know what we stand for, and. And
2: uh, Chulis Books is a different buyer. And Is a buyer than someone from like a big bookstore? Bookstore, okay. Book store, chain, or whatever. Somebody and the website, you... like it's the same, or does it work differently?
0: Mm, website. No, I think if, if you buy for a bigger chain or if you buy for, for a shop or buy for a small shop, you know, then you're responsible for whatever's on the shelf. And uh, the children's book market is a crowded place. Not to say it's a bloody, t- bloody nose territory, but it is. So therefore, what you have to do is you have to push some other guys off the shelf and compete about the exposure. And that is something that you have to try to do and so we 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 always print in, in in europe most of the time in germany or in the netherlands or in in italy and, and and belgium and that's not too cheap and some of the some of the competitors they print in china so why do you print in europe then? we print in europe For a couple of reasons, since 2001, we only print on paper that is uh, forest stewardship managed, so it's always controlled. So make sure that there's no rainforest or any Mm. kind of protected timber in, in in our books. Period. And that is something that, you know, doesn't is not the case when you print in whatever in china or in other mm. sort of uh, locations and you know you get to buy the paper they have and, and and you cannot really control what's in it and i would love to print a children's book and know that you know maybe the 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 last uh, tree in madagascar has gone <laughs> into it yeah that's a thought where i think there's two things that go totally a grain against the grain of uh, what we stand for and therefore we try to make sure certainly there's no child labor and 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 uh, have certain there are certain standards for production of books that we, we we feel are important for that and that therefore the books are more pricey and mm-hmm. especially with children's books people don't understand why children's books children's book is more expensive than let's say a book from from some other guys and uh, they want to spend whatever 10 euro and if our books is whatever 14 euros and say well
2: what the heck we can buy this so you really have to take on your boxing gloves to get into a world of children books like you did you have like have to do like different tactics than you would ever do with the other books that that, that
0: sounds a bit like i'll make you an <laughs> offer you can't refuse <laughs> so yeah. We're, we're not in the Corleone game here, so
2: not. A- no, but did you have to, uh, like, drop prices or do have to do, like, uh, or, or make different deals? No, no, no. We
0: just simply, first of all, we had to, we had to see what, what we could do and what we wanted to do and what kind of community and what kind of content would be associated with uh, what we do as uh, Gestalten. And so, therefore, we, we we found out that there's a certain age range, and we found out there's a certain there are a couple of topics that that we feel will will arouse curiosity within with his children and maybe among parents too and uh, so we did books on whatever the world of whales or exploring the world and and getting to understand weather or economics or mathematics in a, in a different way and and robberies robberies but also we did we did a book on death you know and a children's book on death uh, is 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 you know probably not something that you know a lot of people would jump on but we were extremely successful with it and try to explain how how important to see death as a as a kind of a companion uh, of life without death there is no life and
2: it's really meaningful in a way to yeah to let children know how to talk about loss
0: yeah but also maybe you know in the case of loss if if a parent uh, or a sibling or grandparents or somebody they love uh, just passed away uh, it, it may be starting a conversation mm-hmm. and help them sort of get over their grief and and uh, sort of come to terms with the situation sooner or later and i think that is exactly what we're trying to do. We're trying to help people. We're trying to help parents or kids to be curious about things and and, and, and get started with uh, something that may be a, a love affair uh, from then on.
2: I can also imagine that with the children's books, you maybe also had to change a strategy in a way that... Localization all of a sudden becomes more important because I can imagine with your child, I'm not going to talk English with, with my daughter that much. I did buy a German uh, book because my mother is German, so I bought uh, so klingtas Abitzi. So I could talk a little bit of German with my daughter, like just just uh, that she can understand where her grandmother is from. But mostly you want to have it in your own uh, yeah, yeah, totally. native language. Yeah, totally. And I think uh, maybe to to second that, I mean,
0: certainly also you you have to make sure that you know if you use American spelling, then you know mm-hmm. you, you you'll find it hard to to sell the book in the UK. You know, all the elementary school teachers freak out if there's a <laughs> U missing in color, mm-hmm. and and all that kind of thing. So I think uh, localization definitely is important. But still, I mean, we're we're doing quite quite well in the united states and the uk and, and germany switzerland austria german speaking countries and uh, even do some licenses or do quite a bit of licenses uh, to korea and china and and all these places and they they do beautiful versions of uh, of our books in local languages
2: what, what does a license mean Then then you give a certain they have alliances to do but they also control then how the text appears in that
0: to some extent i think basically they have to they have to stick to the overall look and feel of the publication and they they would have to translate the text meaningfully and 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 uh, just editorially treat the book as if uh we've done it mm-hmm. uh, including the cover mm-hmm. that certainly is something that you know we feel strongly about and um, to some extent it's 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 something that you know we we cannot really control to detail before we grant a license you know Korean books uh, looks very different.
2: But why uh, from someone that is not into that world, like is it why would you not translate it yourself? What is the reason between a license and what's the difference there?
0: Yeah, Good question. Um, The reason is that with children's books and with some other books, you do not really have the kind of grip on the market that a local publisher would have. Even applies for places like France or so. Mm When you want to make sure that a children's book is being sold, whatever, in any other bookstore and not just whatever, you, you have to have a partner who has uh, some cloud, some track record, maybe does children's books uh, themselves to some extent, and they would be able to put it in the right accounts and make it sell. That's what they want to do.
2: And they know local sellers then maybe Yeah, yeah. Them.
0: And they have their own reps, they have their own distribution and they may cater to a couple of hundred a thousand bookstores while you would only be able to sell to the 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 bookstores that usually buy your English speaking mm-hmm. English language books. And that is a totally different game.
2: And did they ever surprise you? Like, did they change something to it uh, under license? Did something with a book where you thought like, oh, this actually inspires me for future books?
0: No, that, that I think that's not really the case because most of the time the books look, like our books it's just whatever in korean or korean, something you
2: know, i guess you can't read
0: yeah but also i mean there's something something interesting happens especially with korea they tend to have smaller books and uh, the books that we're doing they're always asking to make them a little smaller and we'd have them 25 30 smaller
2: wow what's what's happening there
0: various uh, reason one of them is that the shelves are not as big as they are here so they wouldn't fit in the shelves
2: so your big story of uh, of eames furniture couldn't really fit there that's like a big big
0: no they probably turned it into a table or something yeah. <laughs> We, we usually try to act a little bit more stupid than we actually are and, and, and just open up and try to get as many, as many people interested in a certain subject, as niche, as, as stupid as it might be because they may come out and say, well, there's much, much more to it than I uh, uh, initially thought. And that is just a, a process where where I think, you know, most of the people who think that that they already are someone they have stopped becoming someone and that is a place where I don't want to be and where I don't want to want people to be I want people to always be somehow on the move and and question things and and get to explore things and 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 become a better person become a more interesting person become more compassionate and more involved in things and one of the Best
2: ways of doing that is have them read a book. So you could say your main motivation is curiosity. Absolutely. A final question that I ask all my guests. Is there any design that you're most grateful for? Any design?
0: No, there is not one thing. I like, uh, I love the whole a body of work starting from arts and craft over uh jugendstil art deco uh, going to bauhaus and 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 the 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 post-war optimism to let's say gandini and and even uh, memphis and and that sort of thing so i think uh, everything uh, all these various different Ideas and currents have influenced me as much as shaker culture or Japanese furniture or craftsmanship or Chinese furniture and Japanese craftsmanship and all these side of things. So I think I'm always amazed by the the creativity and the the abundance of of ideas and beauty that, that you can find once you start looking for it.
2: It's a, it's, a, it's a very fitting answer for someone that sees so many topics and chooses from so many topics. I think you can imagine it's almost impossible for you to choose from the whole world of design.
0: I, I wouldn't be able to pin, uh, say whatever to pin pin this to a single thing.
2: I, I wouldn't want to. <laughs> no, that's totally cool. I love it. Thank you so much, and thank you for, for having us here uh, at your office in uh,
0: Berlin. Thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure talking to you.
1: Memorful design is crafted with love by the team behind the design studio Momkai. Over the past 20 years, we've put this knowledge into practice on projects from all over Europe, the US and Japan. Are you looking for a fresh perspective? Then go to momkai.com and get in touch.